0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lepone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Um, it's you. What's me? Oh,
2: wasn't to start. It's you. Just, what
3: you meant, just... It's you. It's me. <laughs> Great.
2: Welcome to Jim Antomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with craft beer and kick lines.
1: I like that. Although I don't think you could have a craft beer while participating in a kick line.
2: I think you could try and you would probably fail, I, but hey. I
1: think that is probably high on the list of how to get kicked out of the bar. Um
2: Yeah, although I'm sure we've all done it. You know. <laughs> we've all been there. We've all been there. Exactly. Exactly. Um what's going down in the gullet today, Thomas? Uh
1: I have I'm drinking the entire universe in a cup today. Delicious. Yeah. It's quite an undertaking. Uh-huh. I'm drinking ground beef in a cup. <laughs> that's that's the wrong show. It's the wrong show. I know,
2: I know. I just, you know. It's a bonus track, so it's okay. It is about um,
1: uh, what are we on about? What are we What are we even... What? 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 That is the question. Um, that is the question. We had <laughs> an audio... So I don't know how to do this. We had an audio clip for our quiz last week. Yep. Yep. Um, but it, it worked. Some people got yeah, it. a bunch so of people hey. got it. Woo. And that audio clip led you to a cartoon called, of all things, Now Hear This.
2: Exactly. So our musical is actually called... Now here this
0: Each day I walk along roads that wind through this town, and to my dismay, my feet are always aware of the ground, but my mind's a million miles away. My brain is perpetually scanning for a time coming soon that will plow. If I could just stop adventure planning, who knows, I might be on an adventure right now. I wonder if i will find a time when i live with See, a the, it's a podcast
1: that no one knows what you're saying <laughs> exactly Good <old> <laughs>
2: um so now hear this is well it was never on broadway no it?
1: it was just no. an off-broadway show
2: yep um by the fantastic four mm-hmm. uh, i feel like they need a collective do you know what i mean yeah like they need a, a name they're they why don't they have like are a they name?
1: the tossers the title of show ers? or are they the Tossies. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Are they, but I just feel these needs, you know, I mean the like the Fab Four. The Fab Four.
2: Yeah. You know. Because you've got you've got all these, you know, port um the Gershwins, or you've yeah. got Comden and Green. Yeah. Got all these you know, but you can't say and Blickenstaff, Bell and
1: Blackwell. They are they are the four B's. The four Bs. Yeah so we'll, let's try and pioneer that <laughs> four b's i don't like it someone else pick up we'll get better in touch one. with
2: the gang and see see what they like to call so themselves. It, it's um,
1: hunter bell jeff bowen susan blackwell <coughs> and heidi blickenstaff who had first worked on the fabulous and pretty long running title of show Have, yeah shockingly successful title yeah of show. two i think off-broadway runs and a broadway run a couple tony noms um they got back together um yep. and put together this show called now hear this exactly um and it
2: is basically a uh, it's, I, I guess it's a song
1: cycle right it's a song cycle it's like a I, it's, I feel like it's it's a concept review it's an autobiographical musical theater concept review
2: yeah It's a song cycle. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. I mean, that's, yeah. If you were going to say, what's a song cycle? This would be. I'm sure you'd eventually get to a semi-autobiographical. Yeah, I guess that's true. Reviewed, you know. I guess that's true. And uh, it opened in 2012. It opened
1: in 2012. It was always a limited engagement. Yep. um, And closed that April. So it only played for. So if
2: you're one of the lucky ones. Yep. uh, Well done, I guess. Yeah. Um. And it takes place in a... there, I'm just going to preface because it's starting to annoy me. The fact, it's tinny. It's because I'm in a new place, everyone. <laughs> I don't mean like emotionally. <laughs> <I> mean physically.
1: <laughs> uh, what if we... <laughs> I'm going to start saying whenever I've reached a new emotional milestone, I'm just going to say uh-huh. I bought a flat. Um... I bought a flat. I bought a flat.
2: And look at you calling it a flat. Well, yeah. Well done. yeah if I'm I, anglicizing you slowly but surely. If
1: I just called it an apartment, you wouldn't know what I was saying.
2: Um, so. I call I I pretty much call it an apartment because I just feel <laughs> we understand what that means. And you guys <laughs> understand what that means. So,
1: Jimmy is I just, in I'm the... Just... He's sitting on boxes in the most echoey room in the world with a beautiful pink wall behind him. Yep. It's actually a blind. Look, watch this. What? What? It's not... It's not a wall. The whole of outside's outside of him. Exactly. But I'm going to close that because it's bright.
2: <laughs> um, oh, this. Oh, <laughs>
1: bloopers.
2: Right. Okay. Anyway. So. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Now.
1: So what, let's let's talk about what it what it is. Yeah, and it's hard to. So I think it's it's difficult to understand now. Hear this if you've never heard title of show. Um mm-hmm. title of show for those of you who don't know is a it's a musical about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. Totally worth a listen. It is the Meta musical yeah. of Broadway. Um but so these four write very autobiographical, small-ish uh, plot light reviews like this. Yeah. Um but this one takes place ostensibly in the Museum of National History Natural history. The natural history. Uh, some. It doesn't matter. It's um, an N word. Um, yeah.
2: Um, and they got there on a group on deal. Naturally. Um, and they're wandering around mm-hmm. and kind of, as they see the different exhibits, reflect on different parts of their life. Yeah. Um, but with the kind of central theme tying it all together, mm-hmm. um, about living in the now here this. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a. Uh, like a semi-religious concept coined by a guy called thomas merton yeah um who was i think a trappist monk and he yeah it was very much all about kind of disconnect uh, or disconnecting to connect yeah it's very Um, it's very
1: zen it's very very yeah and it's it's all it's it's in the name the idea is you live right now in this exact Mm -hmm. moment here wherever you are thinking about exactly Mm -hmm. this um and the you know the the concept is you want to achieve the now here this you want to? I hear this was the the goal of a bunch of my acting professors in college, although they could never mm-hmm. articulate it quite as clearly as that as this musical does. But the idea yeah. is, you want to exist right, exactly right now, thinking about only this. Clear your mind of the past and the present, or of just the past and the future, um, yeah. And just be right now, um, yeah. And it kind of it explores that with some autobiographical anecdotes and discussions of struggles in personal and artistic life.
2: Yeah. Cause I feel like it's a strange that a show about living in the present moment for a show about that, there's a lot of reflection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's, that's very true. I wonder. Yeah. I had never, I wonder if that's one, one of like, this was very lukewarmly reviewed. Um, mm-hmm i love it but a lot of critics didn't um and i I don't even think i don't even think it was they didn't love it it's just that it didn't it
2: it, obviously when you do something like title of show Mm -hmm. which is a big game changer it's a big curveball yeah um then i think they're almost it's that it's you know it's your second series it's right It's,
1: it's a lot to live up to it is. Yeah.
2: Um, and I think people were just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, rather, yeah. I don't, I've never seen anyone hate it. I've never seen anyone slate it. No. Um,
1: but it, right. a lot of people weren't blown away by it. But it is mm. like, the. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but this is one, when I don't know what show to listen to, it comes up that like, I'll just listen and I'll hear this again. It's a really easy listen. Um, totally easy listen. It's fun. And it's, it's exciting. It's song cycle. Yeah. As song cycles
2: go, though. I feel it's like, it's... It's not so introspective that you're like, all right, I'm going to need to sit down right. and like, you know, pst, shut everything up and think about these lyrics. You actually like, just kind of groove out and have fun. Yeah. There's lots of a nice balance of upbeat to yeah. um, low tempo. Well, it, to, it
1: feels one of the things I love about the, the the 4B's work is they make some of these big, lofty concepts really relatable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, a lot of work up that is artists talking about themselves. Either feels very self-indulgent immediately, um, or is lofty and seeped in metaphor and like mm-hmm. difficult to crack open. Both yeah. of the both of these are nice and easy. You can you can walk yeah. into them and be like, I un- I understand this. I get this. It is exciting to me. It's cool. Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, because I think obviously when we did um, songs for a new world. Yeah. You know that's that is very very layered and mm-hmm. schmaltzy and um. There's lots to kind of peel apart, but these are it is. It's just quite yeah. human, and I guess yeah, I mean? and it's cool, imagine. and it
1: lets you get to some some big concepts in some really simple, thought provoking ways.
2: Totes my goats. So we've we teased this a, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> we said we need to do a track by track, um, and I feel this is the perfect show to do a track by track yeah, i love, I love that we're making this a thing it's no, no one's ever commented it's just it's you know it's that thing there. people do where they go track
1: by track <laughs> it's a track by track a t by t guys yeah we're you do, do a tea by t you gotta do it like all those youtube personnel hi my name's tommy and here i'm with my friend jimmy and we're gonna be doing a track by track of everyone's favorite it's show track title by by track of, track of, yeah. now hear this
2: from the four b's
1: um, and we're both yeah. gonna do it with marshmallows stuffed in our mouth um yeah god no <laughs>
2: good um okay well let's get into let's get 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 into the first one the first
1: one what are the
0: odds 4.57 4.57 billion years ago, a tiny speck appears out in space. In the black sits a quietly spinning sphere where something whack is about to take place. What are the
3: odds that this planet would be the perfect distance from the sun? What are the odds? Scientists say they're about an octillion to one. No acid sits alone in a puddle feeling lonely and somewhat incomplete And when he least expects it, he suddenly finds himself Metabolizing from the heat
0: And then to his surprise, he suddenly multiplies And every millisecond he celebrates a new birth and soon he makes his way through all of the oceans he's a part of every
3: plant and dinosaur on the earth
0: What are, what are the odds that it would
2: be <laughs> <laughs> God um right, so what are the odds? this is mm. they're very much they're 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 going in big yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this feels like the only track that very specifically relates to their being at a history museum
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly um and in fact, just to jump right in like. It, until you until someone tells you oh by the way this is set in the natural history museum um you wouldn't know you'd have no idea you would have no clue you just think oh cool this is yeah. weird it, 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 <laughs>
1: it is a convenient setting for discussing history and our past yeah
2: exactly exactly um so well done so yeah now hear this uh, not what I'm saying um what are the odds takes us from uh the birth of the universe Mm -hmm. in scientific terms um, to all the way till the present day effectively with babies being born Um, and I want to give an instant shout out to the genius of discovering um, the turtles and the monkeys and the (laughs) beetles and the birds
1: I I think that's one of the best lyrics in this song. So what is it? That's one of the best lyrics in music, like music history. Yeah. I think that's so smart. They reach, you know, we're we're about halfway through creation. Animals exist. Yep. Um, yep. And they're like, you know, listing animals in order-ish. And the line is, and the turtles and the monkeys and the beetles and the birds dominate the biosphere mix. And soon yep. the turtles and the monkeys and the beetles and the birds dominate the Billboard Hot 100 charts in 1966. Right? Oh, it's great. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> but like that, you know, it it's a wonderful way to jump that is like, you know, remember prehistoric animals being created. And now think of these musicians from the 60s. Ray. And they're all named for each other. I mean, the, the, the lyricism in this is tight and stunning and great. Um, rhymes seem important, if not surprising, um, and like the this is this is the simplicity i think that helps you get into it helps you get into this kind of show because there's you know they're getting through a lot of information really fast but yeah. you can just barely see the rhymes coming or they help you get through it and so it it just flows it just runs it feels like uh it, trouble in river city um yeah and it just, do you know what? It's just really well mixed. I love all the sampling that they use. Yeah, the orchestration is really
2: nice. Yeah. and original and fresh. And it's very unlike title of show. Right. It, which I feel is good.
1: Yeah, it's more. It's rocky. It's got a bigger combo behind it. Um. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So you instantly know. Okay. All right. I know it's the four B's. Yeah. But there's it's something. It's something a bit different here. Yeah. Which are cool. I like that.
1: I like that. And then um, natural sag. Mm-hmm. It goes into. More Life. And this is where I very much feel, I feel this way every once in a while about a musical. I think they wrote More Life first and then needed mm-hmm. an intro, intro song and then wrote What Are The Odds? Mm-hmm. Because More Life yeah. is the introduction song to this show. Whereas... Totally. Um, what Are The Odds is like, you know, to ease you in. It's, the, it's
2: your setting. It's your it's your um, tradition. It's your... Yeah, it's the, it's um, the prologue. Big world it's, song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Um, I love what I've actually sung More Life. Yeah? In a concert, it's good. It's a good thing, um, and I think it's just a really nice, you know, nice tight harmonies. It's showcasing exactly what they can do as a song. Yeah, um, I
1: find this song incredibly moving. Um, yeah, and like uh, w- w- when I reach my existential crises in life, mm-hmm. generally I find that they're centered around this kind of concept. I want more life. Yeah, I want. I want more existence in the world um Mm -hmm. and it's a you know they articulate it as close as I've ever been able to in this song um but it's difficult to articulate this feeling of like you know you you want to be able to do more art in your life and have more friendship in your life and I want a magic dog and I want you know to be yeah exactly like all these awesome things all at once what do I do
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very good. Yeah, it's very very nice. Um, and it, it, do do you think it sets you up for this show? I mean, we've talked about this being a song cycle, but this is, this is what comes first. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. This gets you. Ready? I think it is. I
2: think it's the the new world of now. Here, this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So is that we're gonna get existential here, mm-hmm. peeps? Um, Gorgey Yeah. Get you know what I mean Yeah. And it also um, it
1: makes it very personal. The um the part where there's a wonderful part near the end where they all start singing mm-hmm. it's in harmony but just barely and they're all singing different words about the different yep. things they want and it very much sets it up to be um uh very a very personal story exactly now this is this is something i always
2: feel with the 4b stuff mm-hmm. i love that this is this is 4b <laughs> um the 4b stuff is that they're they're so self referential as in mm-hmm. themselves, and it's the same with Title of show, yeah, to the point where I find it really difficult to watch amateur productions of it, yeah, do you know what I mean because I just feel like the the stories that they tell are so tied into them mm-hmm. um that it if someone else does it, there it's almost like you are being yeah. Susan Blackwell. You are being Hunter Bell, which seems um, like a rip off of it. Which is very stupid because it's like, is that then impersonation? Right. It's not really acting. Yeah. Um, the, it it just feels kind of jarring because obviously no one can do Hunter Bell better than Hunter Bell. Exactly. No one can do Susan Blackwell better than Susan Blackwell. So, you, you know what I mean? So when you hear these little vignettes and stories, it's like it, it almost feels like instead of a oh, I'm creating, you know, originating a role here. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm paying homage to yeah. to these chats. Yeah, I think um, that's
1: interesting. There's, so, you know, it's it's the it's the neo-futurist discussion. Um, do you know the neo-futurists? Have you, they're big in Chicago, which is the only reason I know much about them. Um, okay. They're too much light makes the baby go blind. Um, the th- one of their big concepts is that nothing can be put on stage unless it actually happened. Um, right. And you're not allowed to pretend to be anybody other than yourself. Um, right. Ish. And, you know, th- the question is, and like, they very vehemently, th- then that is the end and that is our ruling. Um, uh-huh. And certainly the 4Bs aren't as, you know, they license this show, so they can't be right. strict about that. Um but it is that you know it is the question about theater, and I think it's a very, the you know it came up with the original futurists, and now it's up again with the neo futurists. It's it's this perpetual question of theater is like, can we put fake stuff on stage? Um, yeah. How 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 far does our suspension of disbelief go before you know the the fourth wall comes shattering down around us? So I don't exactly. I don't know. I. I wonder if it's because I'm tied so closely to these shows, but I love mm-hmm. amateur productions of these. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you don't find it
2: weird? Do you don't find it like, oh, you're not getting Susan? Do you know what I mean? Do you never. Find I mean, that?
1: I think I would. I've I've never seen an amateur production of Now Hear This, but with amateur productions of title of show, um, it's because it is the musical about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. Uh-huh. It's all part of that shtick. Um, yeah, it's not in the script but it could easily be in the script where the very end where there's a moment where they're like and then we will license the show to other people for them to do it and then they can do it and you know knowingly looks up at audiences canned laughter plays in the background like th- it's all part of that line and the journey of the show Um mm-hmm. I also think the I think two things maybe help me get through over that hump one is they're playing exaggerated versions of themselves on stage, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the concepts they talk about shine through, whether it's about them or not. Like, I think that's the, the joy of these shows. They're not talking about really specific. well, Well, no, they are talking about surprisingly specific niche problems that affect them. And they do it in such a way that is infinitely relatable and, really I think like speaks to me and is like oh mm-hmm. yeah, i know that i know i can feel yeah. that i've done that and so yeah. at that point it doesn't matter if it's really hunter susan heidi or jeff or people pretending to be them because mm. the concept that they're talking about is relatable to me okay cool
2: yeah definitely i think i mean i think it's definitely more of an issue in title of show so when we inevitably do title of show we can talk about it more then yeah i think here they are more relatable things and them and their character is less. They have less less of their own idiosyncrasies. Yeah. Do you, I mean? I think that's it. because they've got such unique. Yeah. Idiosyncrasies that it's hard you know to what I mean? like Susan Blackwellism. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to honestly
1: that, recreate that.
2: Exactly, and then it's the it's that kind of thing of like, well, do you recreate it? Do you just go your own way? Right. Can you go your own way? Does that work? Yeah. Um. It's it's very it's very challenging. I guess I mean it's kind of the same thing as like if someone if someone originates a role. Mm-hmm. I think we have talked about this before, someone originates a role, like, they're really, if it's good... Uh, that's the role. They're really setting a lot in stone there. Yep. You know? Yep.
1: I mean... So... <laughs> I've i have told you, my last actual musical theatre performance was as Hunter in title of show. Yeah. And then Hunter Bell came to see us because we were the first college production of it. Nerve-wracking. Um, exactly. And so, and like, out of out of polite our show was fine i think i very much enjoyed it it was great for our little black box out of politeness we didn't talk much about how the show went afterwards right. um which i'm i'm totally fine not knowing but it is uh-huh. there's a there's a weird pressure there like even if hunter bell isn't in the room watching you pretending to be him pretending to be, to be the stage version yeah. of him um right like how do you do that and i don't know exactly i didn't, yeah, I, didn't it's a, it's a I didn't know how to do it then um good luck directors. Yeah, exactly. Um, great
0: I am knocking them dead. You make Shane Fessel laugh so hard Gatorade came out his nose. My dad is helping get my script together, and my mom is helping get my hair stuck up into a point. My costume is perfect. A collared shirt, buttoned to the top, and high-waisted pants with just a hint of moose knuckle. Amazement he enjoys You know what Moose Knuckle is, don't you? Boys. Well, speaking I mean, of the
1: people, mm-hmm. let's find out a little bit more about yeah. them So up next, right? what? There's four major songs come. <sighs> yeah, exactly the kind of four,
2: so it's when they're in the animal exhibit mm-hmm. um, and they're looking at all the different animals, so I think Jeff looks at the chameleon mm-hmm. um, I think Susan is looking at uh, not Susan sorry. Um, Heidi's looking at the Black like, Birds of Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter's looking at a turtle mm-hmm. um, and Susan's looking at some bees. yeah um, And so
1: they all they spiral into these songs that are about some of like their defining characteristics as children and the struggles that put them through. Does that seem yeah, like exactly. a good descriptor? Yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely. It's kind of like their their big thing. Yeah. Their big like childhood thing. Yeah. Um So first first off is um <coughs> Dazzle Camouflage uh with Jeffy. Mm-hmm. Um <coughs> excuse me, don't know where this guitar is coming from. <laughs> um so Dazzle Camouflage, he's looking at the chameleon, and basically chameleons do this to kind of distract and Detract from their own being, mm-hmm. so predators won't eat them up, yeah, um and so Jeffy kind of astutely links that to his life being a young gay man, mm-hmm. um back when a time when being a young gay man wasn't really the best
1: thing. yeah um, well, and he ta- and he talks about um you got to look at pictures of these boats. They used to there was this um, I think the u s. Navy, one of the navies, back when mm. the only kind of uh, citing software, you had to fool was radar. One of the best ways yep. to do it was to paint your, you know, warship these with giant, awkward-looking patterns, um, and then the radar would bounce off of it in weird ways, and you'd appear to be a fishing boat. Um, and it yep. was called dazzle camouflage. It would be yep. so flamboyant and huge that it would let you hide. Um, exactly. And thus comes Jeff's, say. Jeff's metaphor for hiding his his gayness absolutely
2: um and i think what well once once we talk about art well let's talk about archer right now as well just to bring it up because mm. they're related obviously mm. um archer which you said you had <laughs> difficulty God, with,
1: yeah it's been a several year long struggle
2: <laughs> like trying to like pour over archer like what is it what
1: I- I, what, like, why does it exist i do not understand this song at all and i understand yeah. so much more of this musical than this particular moment yeah um, uh-huh.
2: um so basically what it is so he's looking at well start, it starts off thinking as at, at, at a turtle uh-huh. um and how a turtle can kind of shrink back into its shell and create his own little world yeah um and Archer is about hunter um retreating into his own kind of youthful shell and enjoying this beautiful fantasy life yeah um with his uh I guess it's like 3D glasses vendor yeah, or something like, like that. Like the guy who um, was handing
1: out the three D glasses at at the
2: museum, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and so it kind of relates to that idea of like, well, you see this guy that you like and you can imagine this whole life with him mm-hmm. and it's great and fabulous. And you just you just enjoy you live up here in your head. Right. Um as opposed to in the now here then. Yeah. Um so it, kind of two very different mm-hmm um takes on being a young gamer. Yeah. Um, you know, one is that I'm gonna put myself out there. Right. And the other one is I'm gonna go way back here. Yeah. Um and I find that really interesting though that like in life Yeah. I mean I'm 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 sure it is true. I'm sure that is how they, they lived and they're not just doing it for story purposes mm-hmm. we'll give them that benefit of the time. Right. But I think it's quite interesting that um you know these two guys that have come together have had completely different mm-hmm. and opposing uh Yeah, kind of starts
0: in life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, my the I think one of the things I enjoy most about both of these portrayals, um, and as it continues throughout the show, um, Mm -hmm. and part of it's cheating because they're gay in real life, and this is based on their real life, but in other musicals, really, in other pretty much all musicals I can think of at least, when there is a gay character. They are gay and their life is either fabulous or it's tragic and they die of AIDS or they were kicked out of that. Like being gay is a huge character trait and they are reduced Mm -hmm. to that. Like that is the Mm -hmm. peak of their character development, Um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, on the one hand, yay, representation, great. But on the other hand, gay people are so much more than just that. Um, Yeah, exactly. And both of these songs are centered around being gay, kind of, but not in, they're nuanced and different and, you know, like, straight kids have similar struggles, but it's not focused on being gay. It's focused on being Mm -hmm. too tall, or focused on not being able to tie their shoes, or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever individual self-failings that they feel in their life, um... And it is a, you know, I wish gay representation was like this in other media.
2: I mean, I think I think it's really
1: getting there. Yeah, I agree.
2: Um, I wouldn't say that now. Here, this is the only example of no. musical theater of, of normalized gay men, yeah, um, or women. Uh, is it? You know, can you name another? No. Well, I would say Fun Home has lots of aspects to it. I guess that's true. I wasn't thinking of Fun um, Home. Yeah. Falsettos, the Falsetto trilogy. Yeah. I know obviously it ends quite tragically, but for the majority, it's just normal. That's true. It's very normal. Yeah. Um, a New Brain. I could, I probably could go, <laughs> yeah. if then. There's, there are, you know, I mean, like, there, there, there are a lot. There are a couple. But, yeah. you know, it's it's definitely an issue, especially in wider media and mm. in TV and cinema. Um, there's it's been a, a big big thing but nowadays it's starting to mm-hmm. to really get, norm- get right. normal yeah you know um but i think this is a really like you say it's a really nice example mm. of it, it just being a human struggle yeah do you know what i yeah. mean as opposed to a gay thing yeah
3: give me your attention please it's what i want and what i'm looking for ladies and g's your attention please now that it's here i'm gonna get some more i take my crayons the purples, browns and blues The perfect colors to draw on And attention getting bruised I give myself a beautiful big black. And then the ladies,
2: mm-hmm. lest we forget the ladies, um, we have Heidi mm-hmm. uh, looking at the birds of paradise and how they attract attention by being all plumy. <laughs> um, and uh, she uh, talks about her, her need to seek attention mm-hmm. um, when she was young and some of the crazy ass things that she she did. Um, and then we've got Suze booze who... Uh, as, as of, I've, I find this really fascinating uh-huh. with Susan for someone who's been, you know, a mild obsessive mm-hmm. Susan Blackwell and wanting to emulate her life in every aspect um, to kind of get this glimpse oh, uh, I mean? behind the curtain of Susan Blackwell I
1: love Susan's arc throughout this but let's, let's, talk, yeah. let's talk Heidi's song first uh, Yeah, it of course first. Uh, So mm-hmm. go for it oh, yeah? um, I love the rhymes in this song Mm -hmm. the and it does something i get pissy when people rhyme the same words with the same words um Mm -hmm. i rarely think it's done well in this song Mm -hmm. it's done well throughout and out so like um the first stanza and then then i make my cousin roddy play green sleeves on the drums knowing full well that nobody wants to hear green sleeves on the drums like with the setup because Christmas dinner is done, it's time for show on the living room floor. I make my cousin Allison sing "Michael Row the Boat Ashore." We're doing A B A B C C um, mm-hmm. in our stanza, but C is "Green Sleeves on the Drums." Green Sleeves on the Drums, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's the it happens later. Give me your attention, please. That's what I wanted. I'm looking for ladies and g's. Your attention, please. Now that I'm here, I'm going to get some more. Um, it, it's the only time I've noticed repeat word rhyming and not been like, "Oh, that's lazy," "Oh, that's stupid." Right? Okay. Why do they do that? It seems the repetition of it all—I don't know—seems appropriate for this song. I don't know why mm. it feels right.
2: Well, I think it's just because she's young. You know, it's—it's it's, she is coming at her from a, a child, getting a child's perspective, and it could be that idea that um, is simpler uh-huh. because she's a bit simpler, um, and. You know, I think I think there's kind of many aspects and of that.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, th- throughout this throughout this number. Yeah, I guess that's um,
1: true. Mm.
2: But it's it's a really it's yeah. It's, again, it's it's very nice. I feel it's weird with Heidi. Uh-huh. I'm like, Heidi, we know you because we got um that one in title of show. I can't remember what's the what's the as you get? Um, the standing in the back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. way back to then.
2: Yeah, way back to so we've had that so we've seen into Heidi's soul. Yeah. But so here's, I don't a, need to see that. here's another, so, yeah. St- take me on soon. Um but I felt I think it's it's quite it's very honest. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. About that need to, to seek attention. I think a lot of us as um performers mm-hmm. uh had a very, very similar experience. Yeah. You know? Just like trying um, to get look at me, look
1: at me, please, please, please.
2: Definitely. And I certainly wouldn't um gas my neighbour. <laughs> um but I did do a lot of of nonsense Mm -hmm. when I was young, Mm -hmm. just weird, weird, stupid stuff where you kind of look back on it and you're like, what, why? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, doing the, like, giving yourself a hickey on your wrist and be like, mom, I've got a rash. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like. Strange, yeah. just very strange things well, and that you can't quite piece together in a childhood brain. Isn't
1: it reassuring to hear from like an honest, you know, quote unquote, grown-up Broadway actress to be like, "Yeah, I, yeah, so did I." Um, Absolutely. Like that's and we still do it, but now in just more nuanced ways, yeah. do you know, <laughs> or in front of people that planned out on stage, like mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Soissons, um, she. I find this fascinating and again, very, very honest because mm-hmm. she's, she's sharing this aspect of her life that, um, so as, as part of the kind of narrative of the song, mm-hmm. um, you find it. And Susan's always been very, <laughs> I feel like, I'm, like small, <laughs> Susan's always been very honest about yeah. and open uh, about the fact she was an overachiever at school and she very much wanted to be involved in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a cheerleader. She was student council president. Um, She wasn't necessarily the most popular girl in school, but she still, you know, wanted the finger in many pies. And um, this number is the one where we find out why, um, which is quite cool. So, you know, it turns out that she has this kind of, um, I wouldn't say difficult home life, but just Mm. that it's, you know, obviously one of her parents there is a hoarder, like a mad hoarder. Home Um,
1: home is not a fun place to be. Exactly. Uh and
2: so she has so much shame associated with this that she's kind of trying to pull away from it as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um and I find it so interesting that we hear that from Susan Susan
1: Blackwell. Yeah.
2: Stalwart and strong. Yeah. Oh, I love, <laughs> love rounded Susan
1: Blackwell. And it, it totally sets yeah. you up for Golden Palace, which I'll go on and on about later. Um Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But it Yeah, I feel that's what I feel. Like in, in
2: many ways with title of show and the the gals. Mm-hmm you see, you know, like title shows Heidi's moment. I feel like now here, this is much more Susan's moment. Yeah. I mean, she wrote the book. She so wrote fair. the Yeah, absolutely. It makes, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really nice to kind of, to kind of see this, like say, like sort of peeling back the curtain and be like, Oh wow. Yeah. You're
1: a human. Yeah. Great. So, wh- of, I love it. Of these four, which one's your favorite?
2: Um, Probably Dazzle. Yeah. Just saying it's funky. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I I love it. In terms of like what I relate to most, I don't know, maybe a little bit of all of them. Okay. Uh, you know, I've I was definitely a mad. I was a fantasy child. I didn't really have many friends, mm-hmm. so I was very much living up and creating these fantastic lives in my head. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I was an attention seeker and uh when I came out of the closet, certainly yeah. I was Inhabiting dazzle camouflage, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. with all my being. And yeah, it was a bit of an overture. So maybe I'm a bit
1: I'm a I'm a B. You're a Forby? <laughs> I'm a Forby. <4B. laughs> what about you, Mr. T I, it's starting to sound like Furby. Um <laughs> I think I don't know. i not maybe not on a personal relating scale, but just on a musical theater scale. I really schedule mm-hmm. nothing is mm-hmm. I think it, it is just wonderfully written. I love the um the uh accompaniment, the arrangement underneath. There's this, yeah, the kind of like funky, well, and there there's this one sound effect they use that I die for every time. It's the um when she walks down the stairs, um mm-hmm. and it's like, what is all this stuff on the stairs? Something smelling rough on the stairs? And there's this, mm-hmm. like way back, like, <sighs> rumbly kind of percussion hit that sounds like nothing right. I've ever heard. And it's this, you know, Susan, in that moment is still in her, like, I, I, you know, do myself up, I go out, I do all these things, life is great, and you have this little glimpse of, like, what's this stuff on the stairs? Something smells bad on the stairs. And you mm-hmm. get the sound effect in the bat that is back that is a little ominous, a little foreshadowing, and then she continues yeah. with her thing. And then later, when it starts getting, uh, when Vicky Romy's mom's at the door, you start hearing more tones of that one sound effect that had happened about all the hoarding and the stuff that's happening—it's um, mm-hmm. really great, and it's very much um, the that moment in *Die Vampire Die* um, uh-huh. where all the music drops out, and oh, I'm not, yeah, kidding, and like she, you know, we reach that dark place that is just mm-hmm. very honest and very real, and very much from the actual human being on stage, not from the, the actor on stage. Um, yeah definitely would, i feel like Sue's
2: really does can do that so well because she is a joker because she's a a really i guess not even doing it on purpose comic right um when she does have those really real moments mm-hmm. you, you zoom right in on them yeah. because it's like oh god right wow okay yeah is that a really nice kind of um dichotomy of like comedy and and pathos yeah and, yeah it's you it. know
1: it's how the it's how the comedy lets you get to the tragedy um and not even you know, tragedy in the broader sense for sure mm-hmm.
2: and then they tie them all together mm-hmm. in a nice big bow um, and they kind of bring up back back to now hear this and it's you know you can't escape these moments yep. you have to live live in the, in the now we'll hear this yeah.
0: it's the place where my life can begin it will define me finally and I'll do anything to get in in order to they go and never ever let them know that you are desperate to get inside that door that's branded members only until you crack the code you'll be discounted disappointed disregarded and dismissed i want in that door but it's for members only and i'm not gonna stop until i get to the top of the popular optimum a list that's totally it and next up, up
1: members only members only oh this is a little a little before my time most of these references
2: <laughs> right exactly no, i think this uh, yeah this is a good moment to talk about another trait of these guys yeah and that they pull pop culture yeah from and like i think it's the best i think it's your like work is actually some of the best representation of using pop culture yeah
1: and they um, they
2: in media yeah
1: and they pull unabashedly and they will not stop to explain it's, ca- absolutely not catch it or you'll don't it it's going past um but what's great is for the most part you'll get it if you don't you know you may not literally understand what they're saying yeah, exactly but the concept shines you'll, through
2: you'll totally get the yeah the concept and every i think everyone again this is a you know something that happened mm. uh whatever like 20 or 30 years ago mm. um and it still happens now the idea of you know it, when you're at high school it was all these clicks, um, cliques, as we would say in, in the UK. Oh, really? Um, yeah,
1: ah. <laughs>
2: and, oh, because it's totally spelt clique. Come on, C L I Q U E S, yeah. That's
1: yeah, I don't know. Click makes more sense though. Why? Because you the word is in, clique, yeah. But you click into your clique, you know, and it's like, and yeah, now we live luck. together.
2: That's <laughs> just you guys simplifying everything as usual. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but. That idea of you know the mean girls, at every exactly. lunch table is a different yeah.
1: thing. High, um, American high schools, at least since the fifties, if not mm. time immemorial. Any high school, yeah. UK high school, we got it too. You know,
2: um, it's it's totally a, yeah. a thing that everyone can relate to. So here they kind of talk about um, as one of these outsiders, mm-hmm. as most of us theatre kids are. Uh-huh. Um, it's talking about the kind of lengths that you go to, Mm -hmm. um, to get in that club. Yep. Um, you know, whether it's buying jeans Mm -hmm. or, uh, the new jacket, the new, the new thing, you know what I mean? The
1: members only jacket, Jimmy, Exactly. it's a big deal. It's for members. It's for members only. You can't get in that club without the jacket. And then, the best part about the whole thing is for each of them. So Jeff wants a members-only jacket. Uh, Heidi wants... Heidi
2: wants the... Gloria Vanderbilt, Glory Vanderbilt jeans.
1: jeans. And Hunter wants uh, an Izod t-shirt. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff and Heidi get what they want. Hunter gets a ripoff one. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it goes poorly for all of them. And there's, like, tiny little mini-scenes at the end of each one where like you know jeff's like yeah i'm wearing my jacket and random friends like but it's like 150 degrees out you're you're gonna sweat out from the inside yeah Um, it's that smell yeah it's
2: like oh cringe it's so crazy i I guess think about the end you're just like oh no but you're like for me for me
1: i'm like uh, that's the part that gets me is like you're like oh i've been there i've been right there absolutely yeah absolutely um
2: you just like you just you just miss the mark, and you're just you, you're, you're so exposed at that moment because you're just trying too hard. You're trying
1: too hard to fit in. Everything's exactly. on the line, and then you don't.
2: Yeah, and then and that's like the anti-cool. Yep, and Do you know what I mean trying too hard. And oh, God.
1: Hunter's little pause where he's like, "Have you ever reached that moment where it's like very clear that you're lying, but you're just in too deep?" Mm-hmm. That's uh, I, you know, it, this it's very Absolutely. it's a very real show. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love
2: it as well. Who's like, um, "Hey, Jenny," or Betsy. Name. And it's like, "Hi, I don't know your name." and yeah. just like, "Oh, I've totally been there too." Yeah, yep.
1: And it's where it's it, awful. and you've walked up to someone, be like, "Hello, I'm here to tell you a thing," and they're like, "Who are you? Why do I care?" Stop, stop trying to be yeah. weird. Oh, I know. it's so I know. real. It's so it's it's
2: oh. yeah and also the kind of like cringe awkward moment where you know they, they buy into the aspects of their parents mm-hmm. having to spend fork all dollars money out for stuff that they know will be over and done with in two minutes yep. um and yeah you know and you then get that kind of guilt moment where you're like oh my god i just made my mom pay for that right like
1: yep uh, yeah it's Ooh. it's very real we're working with high schoolers i see this stuff all the time it never goes right. away um what's like the current craze Oh God, I try not to pay attention. Um, leggings are very much in right now. Um, leggings, okay. Or those like sweatpants that get really tight at the ankles. Um, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like harem pants, but uh-huh. you know, in sweatpants style, those ones those all are weird. Um, uh, but for us, it's like the the was it Canada goose?
2: jackets is that Canada goose jackets isn't that a brand of vodka no yeah well yeah (laughs) um hang on I think it's Canada goose jacket I was right yeah Canada goose it's like a parka um and that's what all the that's what the rich kids are wearing (laughs) what these days
1: what was it so most of the fashion they talk about in this one is like eighties, mid eighties, popular fashion. What was, yeah. what was the thing you begged your mom to buy you when you were in high school?
2: Um, I never, I didn't really buy into it. I didn't even, I didn't wear, I don't like wearing jeans till I was about like 17. Okay. No, that's maybe was 16. Um, so I, I didn't really buy into that, but what I did have uh-huh. my moment of like, I'm going to be cool uh-huh. was, um, I got a pair of etnies. um, Back in the, the kind of like skater days, okay, in, our, in my school the cool kids were were skaters. Uh-huh. Strange. Um, so my um, my grand's friend uh-huh. was from California, uh, and she brought over some etnies because all the kids were wearing them out there. Um, and I was like, I literally held. I was like, this is gold. Like this is <laughs> uh, this is I'm touching gold. This is an import from America. Mm-hmm. Like no one can get these, and I wore them into non uniform day. <gasps> You won't have that because you don't wear uniforms, right. but uh you know, it's a, it's a big day yeah. and you you plan the weeks you before to what you're gonna wear.
1: Exactly.
2: And so I came over these etnies and I remember just being like Hey, <laughs> like where should these And they're like Cool. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, but you know, uh right, from America. Right. But I am just- cool now, yeah right and they just wanted to be away from me so that was a happy moment (laughs) what was was yours what was your Um, members only
1: i i was really into like like canvas belts and sagging my pants um excellent which like the canvas belts that just like hang yeah that like
2: with a little metal with a
1: little metal thing right at the tip yeah Yeah. yeah. Mm mm-hmm
2: yep joyous i i what was like what was that what, right
1: exactly that weird always you look back like, and you're like why here's
2: something that doesn't really fit why did Great. why
1: did that happen mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> i know yeah and like did you ever do it right when you had your th- and you made it like fold perfectly mm-hmm. did you ever do oh that? every morning yeah of course
1: yeah can't go can't go out with it yeah no no good and then
2: you saw p- people like getting it wrong and like tucking it in yeah. into the belt like, mm-hmm. like, not oh, not, not as cool as
1: me <laughs> That's for sure. Would
2: it be seen dead? Yeah, um, yeah. <gasps> yeah, we were ridiculous. It was. Yep. <laughs> I know. That's the joy of uniforms, though. I can't imagine having to do that every day. Yeah, uh, it's like every single day. Oh, yeah.
1: No, no, no. Good.
2: That's yay for uniforms. Everyone <laughs> wear them. Blazers are great. But even then, no, no. Even then, with uniforms, it was people were like, "How oh, high do you wear your skirt?" Mm. Or, are you going to try and get um, away with having your shirt untucked um, Right exactly How low are your trousers going to be dun, dun, dun. Mm, Yeah, Tie like small knot Big knot things like that <laughs> How long is your tie Obviously me being an exemplary geek right. Mine was always the geekiest possible
0: So
3: I'm <laughs> not the person <sighs> that I'm trying to be If only I were stronger If only I were braver and be free I could finally be a person that I want to be but that'll never be me I know that'll never be me that'll never be me
0: that'll never be me that'll never be me
2: So speaking of speaking of us and right. um, and what will never be, uh, let's move on to That'll Never
1: Be Me. <laughs> it's a very nice song. It's a very nice song. It's the I mean it feels like the one that started some of the it, it's the one that ends up as a composer demo on the soundtrack, which always leads me to believe like this was the seed of idea that a lot of the show centered around. Mm-hmm. That oh um how do you mean sorry, that So like <clears throat> you know, in in a writing process, you end up with your your final product for sure, uh-huh. which has a line which is introduced, which has an arc to it, but you don't write it in that direction. You know, people, we, we, especially musicals, are written haphazardly, Um, especially Mm. song cycle nonlinear musicals. You start with an idea that inspires more ideas, and then you, you know, circle around in a tornado until you finally have a circle. Um, Right, of course. Because this, whenever I I hear composer demos on... Um, cast recordings, and it feels like this is the thing I want to show off, that to me feels mm-hmm. like this this was the thing we knew was right early on. This was an early choice we made, that this was a song that we wanted a musical around. Um, okay. And, like, not that it has, not that it encapsulates every theme of the show, not that it, you know, is even appropriate in the show they've written, but that, like, this was a starting point. Um, And that's yeah. how I feel about that'll never be me. Um, mm-hmm. That'll never be me. Inspires a lot of the ideas throughout the thing. I want more life, it is, living in exactly the it's, this. It's, yeah, uh
2: huh. It's that idea of like, you know, you think, oh, what, what could I do? What could I be? And it's all of these questions where it's like, well, no. If you just stick to what's happening at the moment, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, um.
1: It's cool. It's very um. Die vampire die in a in a more in a more low key way. Um. I think it's lovely. just like a little
2: country song almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I must say the vocals on the cast recording for this <sighs> are gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. It's proper, like, can showcase, like, what I think Heidi black and stuff does really, really well. I've just listened to Freaky Friday as well. and mm. she, She's doing the same thing there. Um, but she just, she has so many little colours to her voice. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd love to see her live to see if she does similar things when she's live or whether she just takes advantage of the fact that she's in a recording studio yeah. and she can play about a bit more. Um, but just like some of her just little like cracks, she does a beautiful um, uh, like yodel moment. Um, at one point it just really you just get this really lovely sunny country vibe mm. to it um, it's beautiful yeah. and I think she, something she does all the way through the whole cast recording is just these little colour moments uh-huh. it's not just like I can belt you go which she can do uh-huh. obviously we know that um, but she's just she's like look at what else like can? will be sitting by a river or swinging on a tyre at the end of the
0: day I'll be singing Harding, I call shotgun on the Scarlet when we play around the clues. What in hell am I waiting for when there's opportunity holding over the door? I've only got ten seconds before the start of class. Where are the guts that I need to step on the gas? If I could make my leg go behind me, I'd kick me in the ass.
2: So next up we have
1: uh Kick Me. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a Jeff a Jeff Bowen moment. Yeah. It's it's really great. He comes into his own. Um the I mean, it's fun to watch their development throughout this. So Jeff, we've seen his dazzle camouflage. I'm going to be big to hide myself. Then yep. I'm going to get a members only jacket to try and fit in with the cool kids. And then we reach yep. Kick Me, which is like I'm going all in on the nerdy, man. I've found the things I like. I found the people who like the things that I like, and we're all gonna like like yeah. them together. Exactly.
2: Like I love it. It's, it's really like he's he's owning himself. Yeah. And I think that's nice because it's it it stops the cast album from becoming like, We're outcasts, we're outcasts, yeah. la 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, guess what? You can be a geek and have a good time. Exactly. Um Do you know what I mean? Um and I think it's it's him sort of talking about, again, kind of living in the moment and taking it as it comes and just going and enjoying it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, It's also, what's interesting to me is it has some of the same pressure and tension of, like, Mm -hmm. buying a members-only jacket and wearing it out in public. But Mm. it's, he has more confidence in his ability to be successful at it. Um, Yeah. Like... This, we're gonna, I'm going to go camping, we're going to listen to Les Mis, we're going to play Taboo, like the board games and musical theater and music and nerds, and we're all going to be there and it's going to be great and I'm going to make it great. Yeah. How good does that
2: retreat sound? Uh, it sounds really appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, please take me to that school. Because oh man, I'm well.
1: Like, I can't imagine being in college and like a cute music nerd being like, "Come, come camping with us. We're gonna listen to musicals and play board games." I'd be like, like literally, yes,
3: please. Describe your perfect afternoon. Yeah,
1: and I'd be are right like,
2: there. Do you know what I mean? Listen, in a like lovely country camp setting. Yeah, please, like n-
1: I don't want to go to another you know, theater department themed house party that's gonna get busted by the cops. Like I wanna go to the woods and listen to like Miz and play taboo Like
2: genuinely dreams. Yeah. Dreams right there. <laughs>
3: filled with dreams that none of my seams will ever be showing, scared of what I will find, how will I ever make it through, when I finally own, I can't go it alone. then comes you, sun that i pursue when the lights fade alone
0: in the shade then comes you i watch the world spin by every day and it's filled with then comes awesome you
1: then comes you what a it's it's as close to a love song as we get in the show i think yeah
2: and yeah, I think it's 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 love and it can be like platonic love, mm-hmm. it can be romantic love. It's just that little that little person out there who kind of pulls you back yeah. into the real world, I guess. And yeah. is like, you know, when things get crazy, 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 then comes you yeah. and you make it all better yeah. again.
1: I, I like Then Comes You, I skip Then Comes You on the cast recording. That's interesting tell me why i don't know specifically i think one of the big things is this is where i think some of the lukewarm reviews of this show come um Mm -hmm. who who is this song about yeah exactly who is this no no right like mm. who is this song for how does this song relate to this line that we've (laughs) been weaving um yeah i feel it's, it's very like it kind of fits into this is why this is why i think of this as a a song cycle
2: because yeah. there are things that nail it but there are things that just kind of slot yeah. in as a but, and you like know, this oh yeah this. and i think like some of the I mean? failings
1: of this song in particular all the other songs um are you know wickedly specific in the way that in the way that the four b's do it um uh-huh. like you know miss morton's laying in a hammock and I pour Clorox bleach on her floor with salt. Like, you're mm-hmm. standing in the checkout line, turning through the pages of a magazine. We're, we're gonna play Taboo and Clue in the woods as we listen to the songs in Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Like, ridiculous, ridiculously su- ridiculously specific references. Um, you know, I wonder if Angelion is still alive. Like, all this yeah. stuff. And then we hit Then Comes You, and it's the lyrics are pop drivel. Like here at the start, I try to know where I'm going. Days filled with dreams that none of my seams will ever be showing. Scared of what I will find. How will I make it through? When I finally own, I can go it alone. Then comes you. Yeah. Pretty metaphorical, it is, but not part. No, of, definitely not. Not the style. Mm-hmm.
2: I'd love to. I'd love to know kind of where it comes because obviously I've never seen the show, and unfortunately can't get a hold of the the um, libretto. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where it comes and what the context of it is, and I wonder if that yeah might would inform it a help little bit shape it yeah exactly. Um, but it's weird because I'd never I always I I really love it because it's just a nice little pop song yeah. So and because it's in this because I'm not treating it like a, a traditional cast album, mm-hmm. it's like a song cycle where you can pick and choose. Yeah. Um, I always tune into this because I'm just like oh yeah again it's that it's that nice kind of like light sixties yeah um happy you know you can imagine someone like um what's it called who's the one that sang son of a preacher
1: man son or of like
3: preacher man
1: was doris day uh that
3: was doris day wasn't it
1: usually doris day sung everything so you could probably say that and get away with it
2: dusty springfield that's it <laughs> there we go um so yeah that kind of like dusty springfield light vibe yeah um which I love. And again, she just she's just such a great she vocalist does a that job it's it. delicious. For sure, so, for sure. That's why I dig it.
0: How was her in the waves? Five hours she was scheduled at sea. But for two of her crew who had both now turned blue,
3: five hours was eternity. a little tidy, and the hide
2: the next one, mm-hmm. talking about the one that you skip over. This one I skip over, uh-huh. and it's the Amazing Adventures of the Doc Wilbur S. Pound. Uh-huh. Um, and it comes out of such like it's, it's a complete left field. It's like again, I'm sure in the context of the show, it may make more sense. I mean, maybe. But I, I feel like
1: not, I feel like I'm not here for it. Hunters <laughs> songs in this show between Archer and the Wilbur S. Pound are just kind of nonsensical and like in an in a, in a not helpful way.
2: <laughs> yeah and like because obviously I can see I can kind of see what the song's meaning Yeah, and it's that idea of like no matter how bad things are there's always a bright right a bright yeah moment yeah 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 but it's the fact that i don't know i'm just i'm not here for vomit sounds when i'm just chilling <laughs> out and listening to cast like, recording <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah like i'm not what is, really digging we were vomit
1: um, <laughs> on on spring break we were talking about this because we hiked up a bunch of mountains and i don't know if you know this about mm-hmm. me about me jimmy but i'm not a hiking kind of guy um really i like the experience of the view and like seeing mm-hmm. the beautiful things and saying i've done it in the moment not fun um the track. but there are uh different oh and i'm gonna get them wrong there are different types of fun um mm-hmm. type one fun is fun in the moment so like you're enjoying while you're doing the thing type mm-hmm. two fun is hiking for me it's not particularly fun in the moment it's not unfun in the moment but it is mm-hmm. exciting it is fun that you did it right um kind of like diabetes <laughs> that's what we get do you know that more than 600 americans are affected by type 2 fun every day um <laughs> exactly. and then what is it type type 3 fun is not fun while you're doing it but right it's fun that you had the story that it happened um so the retrospect the retrospect type 3 fun okay. is like um, that time when I went up to Betsy in my not my knockoff IZOD shirt and she didn't remember who I was. The story's right. fun. In the moment, it's awful. Um, it's awful. And then okay, type yeah. four fun is just not fun. Um, so t- type four fun is not fun. Type four fun is not fun. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, cool. <laughs> but um, the Wilbur S.
2: Yeah, Pound... This, this this song is type four fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not for,
1: for them, it is type three fun. Yeah. Um, which is mm-hmm. which is why they tell the story you know this awful thing happened and that's we would never want to go do this again and it was painful while we did it but isn't it funny for us to tell you this story about when we accidentally all got on a boat and threw up um mm-hmm. but yeah i agree i think if it didn't have the vomit sound effects i'd be all right i just can't i can't listen to that <laughs> it's
2: the same as like i don't really like fart jokes really I don't like them. I don't like them. I think them crass, and I'm like the most crass. I'm crass. Yeah. Right. I'm crass. Do you fart? Um, I do fart. Do you make jokes about it? No. Do
1: you? Do you? Absolutely not. I think it's
2: unwholesome. I, I think. Know. I,
1: Jimmy, I the think the only move mm, you should yeah. start making fart poetry instead of making a joke whenever oh, you just fart. Even,
2: do you know even talking about them? <laughs> like, oh, it's just <laughs> mortifying. It's <just> mortifying. <laughs> Like, I'm not a prude in any way, and I'm really grotesque uh, a lot of the time. From, but I don't know, it's about farting. From,
1: from now it's on, Jimmy, so whenever farts. I fart, I'm going to send you a haiku. I find a this farting. infinitely entertaining. <laughs> I'm really
2: not into that. Please <laughs> don't do that. The only film I've ever walked out of uh-huh. um, was Thunderpants. I know nothing of this movie. Oh, really? No. Oh, good. So Thunderpants is Rupert Grint. Of Harry Potter Oh, I've in seen the midst of Harry Potter. previews and for Like another this. guy mm-hmm. who's kind of chunky um, and it's about how this other guy has these like really powerful farts <laughs> and he ends up uh, flying a rocket using his farts.
1: <laughs> Bitch, I ain't here for that. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I am not. I find it so entertaining how not entertained you are by this.
2: <laughs> yeah, and just like anytime time that happened in a film, I'm like, oh, gone down in my estimation. <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you know? I think it's just cheap. It's cheap humor. Do you know what I mean? It is cheap humor, but cheap humor is fun. Yeah, but I think it's the cheapest of the cheap.
1: That yes.
2: I hate fart jokes. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? Is face literally the only thing I have a problem with? And vomit sounds in it. musicals. Well, the vomit sounds are just—it's uh, just. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't help us. It's like really—it's just a. If were, it's a. If there are fart sounds in this. Uh-huh. I wouldn't. I'd just bin it
1: i mean the whole thing. At, at that point i would be questioning why they all got on a boat and the joke is that they fart a lot right oh, <laughs> oh god
0: me hot. I am obsessed with Scott Stoney. Scott is directing our All City High School musical. He's about twice my age and he's a total dream So we're sitting around rehearsal one day and Scott says, I need a haircut. And I'm all, I cut hair. I'll cut your hair for you. And Scott's all, great. And I'm all, great. Before I know it, I am standing in Scott Stoney's kitchen. And my hands are in that thick, delicious Scott Stoney hair. And I'm cutting and cutting. And I don't know how to cut hair. And I've never known how to cut hair.
3: That makes me hot. My parents are in from out of town. And they're staying with me and my
2: fiance. Next song. They bring it back and it's great again. Uh, I think this, this is one of my favourite songs. Exactly. So we're talking about That Makes Me Hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's such a great... I remember the first time I listened to it, I was like, yes, this is like prime yeah. 4B tune yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah well and
1: it's sassy it's 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 got a concept behind it there's a couple different yeah. things happening at once it's pop culture full yeah and it's um, it's fun it's it starts with exploring the dark side of the now hear this like mm-hmm. the moments where you exist right now where maybe you don't want to
2: exactly um and that is what the idea of making me hot. It's not like, oh, it makes me like hot under the collar. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm feeling really turned on. Yeah, but, my spicy um,
1: Tex Mex chili.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, it's when you're really, really sucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get it. I get oh, that, yeah. that turn of phrase. Yeah. That makes me hot. It's like, it's, do you know what I mean? Kids
1: nowadays would say these are like cringe worthy moments. I, yeah. like you don't like fart jokes. I don't particularly enjoy the contemporary use of the word cringe. I would much, for if we much prefer if we called these moments moments that make us hot. Um, uh-huh. Exactly. Um,
2: in Glasgow, uh, we would call them a beamer. A beamer. Oh, he's taking up your beamer on that, eh? <laughs> and there you go. I think that's probably the first time you've ever heard me speak.
1: No, that was terrifying. You know, <laughs> My native I, tongue. I, I think you're making that up. You know how, like, on the internet... Um, uh, Australia pretends to have like tree bears that'll fall down on you and like murder you in sight. Um, yeah, I think in Scotland they pretend that people talk that way for tourists, but actually it doesn't happen. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. I'm not here to, to shed light <laughs>
2: on that fact. Are we call it a riddy? A riddy? Are you taking up your riddy, man?
1: It's <laughs> why do people
2: find the Scottish accent attractive? Like why No,
1: I don't. I don't know. Really? That's I mean to me it sounded like you were just vomiting um was i making a fart noise (laughs) anyway that makes um, me hot is great because (laughs) it's great because it's humanizing whenever we admit our faults it is humanizing in this one the many of the faults they admit are like thing it's no one made a mistake you Mm. didn't get yourself into trouble just the happenstance of life happened to not go your way in a particularly yeah. painful series of events. Um, exactly. Like, what does Heidi talk about? Like, her parents are come coming to visit her and her fiancé. Yeah, her parents,
2: and, um, who they don't really like that much, and she set up everything lovely, it's all nice, mm-hmm. the flowers are there, it the, brings out breakfast. Yeah. Um, and then she finds that her husband's testicles are hanging out of his of his boxers. Yeah,
1: or like when is it Jeff accidentally trips o- over Kathy chenard and she goes down hard, and her yep. prosthetic leg. Not le- the,
2: her falling over <laughs> that makes him hot is the fact that her prosthetic leg yeah. slides across the floor.
1: Just stunning. these like are pure, you know, th- Those are these are type three fun. Um, that's it's like it was not fun in the moment, but man. Ten years later, like, you remember when I accidentally knocked over Kathy and her leg shot out of her pants? Hilarious. Really fun to talk about. Um, Absolutely. And is, uh, what's the word? Cathartic. It lets you... It is cathartic. Exactly. That's whenever... um, I've seen this advice online. It's advice I give to kids, uh, especially when they feel bad about like a performance on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. You feel bad, you feel, you know, cringy or hot or whatever about a thing. Talk about it more bring it up more have conversations with people and it'll make you feel better about it because you're having Exactly. You're having that reaction because you know that this didn't go the way you want or that like this wasn't the best thing. And so it's good that you're having that reaction cuz like you can identify it and you can point to it and you're like, "Ah, yes, not good. Better next time." Um yeah. and then if you talk about it more, you like it it dulls it a little bit you don't have that like 2 a.m moment where you're lying in your bed and you're like oh god that Uh, was such a stupid thing i did in fifth grade like yeah exactly i still there's there are moments i still do that all the time in like the middle of a conversation and be like oh god that's the worst (sighs) exactly just (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you're like man and i totally (laughs) i totally said that kid's name wrong back in high school and like no who cares um but if you talk... What, um, mm-hmm. what makes you hot? Give me a moment. Oh, God. Um.
2: Well, you think... Do you want to hear me? Yes, absolutely. Okay, you don't need to react. Um, so, mine was in primary four. I think that's, like, equivalent of, like, third grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, like, eight?
1: Yeah, I'm a teacher. I don't know. That sounds right.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, So, eight years old, and... Um, obviously massive teacher's pets. so just had conversations with teachers mm-hmm. do you know what i mean instead of other kids um so on my way out for lunch one time i was speaking to my teacher and she told me this thing and i wasn't really listening just because i was getting getting off of the fact that i was you know speaking to a teacher because to me that was a cool thing mm-hmm. um so just like barely taking anything in um and anyway it was like the next day and she sort of said to the class like oh i won't be in tomorrow um very exciting actually. Um, Jimmy knows what it is, don't you, Jimmy? Um, and I was like, Yes, I do like really loving life <laughs> at this point. Like, I've never been higher uh-huh. because the teacher just pointed out that we had a special bond, uh-huh. um, to the whole class. And I was like, <laughs> And so I stand up and I say, Yes, Miss Turner is pregnant. <laughs> oh no, and turns out, No, she's not. Um, it was her sister that was pregnant. <laughs> Oh, and no. that made me hot. <laughs> uh, yep. Woo! It was off, and I just sat back down in shame. Everyone was laughing at me, and I was just like, oh, "This
3: is the worst."
1: That does does this it still so haunt bad. you at, at two a.m. It's in your bed? It still
2: literally still haunts me. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. The worst. I think she was okay with it. Uh huh. But it was that kind of like, what? Like what? What did you? Because it showed that I wasn't listening to her. Uh huh. It showed that. I may have called her, like, fat.
3: Ugh!
2: Uh-huh. Oh, the worst. <sighs> Absolute worst. So what made you, what makes you hot? Uh,
1: you're not gonna like it. Um, oh my god, did you fart? No. Um, I was in preschool. Um, we had served lunches, and uh-huh. whatever was new on this lunch, it was like some potato salad mash, whatever. I was not, I was not having it. Was it
2: musical mash?
1: <laughs> it was not musical mash. Okay. Um, it was, like, gross disgusting green white something Um, and Mm -hmm. I was like I am not eating that I do not want to eat that That's not for me and the teacher was like you have to finish your food eat your your food Thomas Um, I was like fine and I ate it Um, and then we went out to recess and I wasn't feeling too great and I walked up to the teacher to tell her I wasn't feeling too great and threw up
2: all over her (laughs) Incredible. Wait. So did you? You've. Did you vomit on the teacher that told you to eat it? Yes, I did. That's beautiful. No, I think that's. I think that's performance oh, <laughs> think that's Amazing. <laughs> Good on you. That is just being like. That's just you literally saying "fuck you." Yeah. With your. With your energy.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't feel so great about it at the moment.
2: <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> But I'm sure she didn't either, because she was like, "Oh, I just inflicted this on this year, <laughs> <laughs> haha." Teacher, what was her name? Colorized? I don't remember. I was okay. I was maybe five. <laughs> Aw, little five-year-old Tommy. Uh, not not eating. I think you still p- had a beard and glasses. I
1: though. did actually. I I came out of the womb with a beard.
0: Subject is reading. The subject is reading. The teacher selects a passage. Everyone turn to chapter 4 and then selects a student to read that passage out loud. Dicky Zivacos, please begin. Big blue skies open wide, sunlight bounces off my eyes. If I shut them tight then And then night the next student repeats the passage. True. Big blue skies open White, sunlight and the next, until it eyes. is my ten-year-old if father's turn to repeat eyes, the passage light, which he recites perfectly to the very end. Eyes. Eyes, open light, sunlight bounces through. off my eyes. If I shut them tight, the light still gets through. It's a warm night. My father is playing under the street lamp with the other boys from Fairview Avenue. One by one, the others get called in for supper. My father lets himself into his house. Brushing his teeth makes his gums bleed, and nobody's checking, so he just goes to bed. In the morning, he puts on the same clothes he wore yesterday. Way up high, out of reach from you. It's a golden palace I have no map I have no key The Golden Palace is located just over the horizon You can't see it, but it's up there In a high up, out of reach, top of the world place
1: This The next song I'm just gonna let you model up The off. next song, I now hear this, is <laughs> Golden Palace Which, you know, people ask me all the time, Jimmy What's your favorite musical? I never have uh, an answer to that I like a lot of different musicals But one of the right. one of the questions that no one ever asks that i absolutely have an answer to is what is your favorite musical theater song Uh it is this song this song is my favorite song in all of musical theater hands down no question
2: jim and tomic exclusive (laughs) uh it's actually not because you've said on a youtube video i did oh i probably have (laughs) But still, it's a Jim and Tommy. He's good. Still, um,
1: so Tommy, why I am fascinated to know uh-huh. why? Do, why do you love it? I mean, I feel this all the time. Golden Palace is it's a it's a Susan original, um, very much about her life, framed around her father for the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Her her father couldn't read through longer than you should like past the point where you're just expected to be able to read um mm-hmm. and was excellent at faking it through school um and there's this wonderful repetition the big blue skies open wide sunlight bounces off my eyes if i shut them tight the light still gets through like this passage that they're reading in a round mm-hmm. um and the idea is they'd go around the room and everyone would read the passage and as long as he wasn't first he could say what everyone else had said but one mm-hmm. day he gets called on first the teacher says, please begin. And he goes, I can't. Um, you know, and it's about how, like, his parents weren't there to take care of him. And then he becomes a factory worker, um, like Tom in the Glass Menagerie, and, you know, is writing poetry on the back of shoeboxes. Um, yeah. And Susan finds one of his poems um, and is like, you should do more of this. And he's like, mm, I can't. And then cut to Susan at an artist colony, you know, writing this song right now or attempting to and hitting this writer's block and hitting this moment of I can't, um, all interspersed with this concept of the Golden Palace, this idea Mm -hmm. that art happens somewhere else, that other people make things, that other people are smart and only certain people are invited to become a part of the Golden Palace, that it's on top of a mountain and you have to do something extra special that you don't know to get there. Um, yeah and you know there's no room there for you Um and she reaches this moment it's it's the best it's the perfect setup it's absolutely wonderful Um where she writes there is a golden palace it's a chinese restaurant at 321 nashua street in milford connecticut Um it's like it brings you straight down you know, art is for everyone, is made by everyone. I I say this all the time. There are no gatekeepers of art. All you need to do to make art is to make art. Um, And the discussion of that, the discussion of like feeling like I can't make art. I'm not, I'm not Michelangelo. I'm not Stephen Sondheim. I don't know what they know. So how can I possibly live in the same place that they do? But Mm-hmm. that's not the point. All you have to do is do it. Um, exactly. You know, this, this song reaches me in the same way I feel like Sunday in the Park with George reaches other people. Um, right. On like a really deep artistic uh, mm-hmm. kind of thread. And it's just so honest and well-constructed. No word is out of place. Um, there's a great, there's, a, there's an okay, like Vimeo documentary of the making of the cast album of this um mm-hmm. the we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for sure because yeah, it has definitely. like f- 400 views um the, really yeah not a lot of people have watched it at least the one oh, there you go at least the version i watched um mm-hmm. but they they're talking about recording this song specifically and one of the lines i think the director says um is like it should be honest and real and not reverent um yeah exactly and it's such exactly. it's such a great descriptor that like uh, what we do is special, but not precious. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I love. I really love that. Mm. You go. I'll let you finish. That's it. That's it.
2: Okay. I, I was just saying, like, I really love that moment in that documentary mm-hmm. because I think, um, like the director he really he's tapped into the importance of a cast recording, mm-hmm. um, and kind of what what it what it is um cuz he he talks about he has a little talking head where he talks about you know the first time you listen to a cast recording that you've never seen the show for mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it and you piece together and you all you can do is you can fit it into your life and you fit fit it into well how can I relate to this because you create the story mm-hmm. so it comes from your own experience um and with golden palace um that's what he says like if you the actor add the reverence mm-hmm. then it doesn't allow for the listener to create that for themselves um and i think that's such a really uh, a really astute yeah acknowledgement do you know what i mean that it's you don't need to lay it on thick mm-hmm. because you have to honor your audience enough to know that they're gonna get this yeah do you know what i mean this content is so good that they'll get it and they need to be able to bring it into themselves mm-hmm. um and i think it's it's something that the more you listen to cast recordings and the more you kind of enjoy musical theatre, you can see that some people get that mm-hmm. inherently and some people really don't. Um, and it's just a really fascinating thing, I think, yeah. to to kind of know when are, you, when are you adding the schmaltz? When are you laying it on a bit too heavy here? Mm-hmm. And when are you just staying true? Yeah. And this one is... Um, And I think, yeah, this is an example of being true. Yeah. I
1: Um, I mean, it's... And Susan
2: chokes up in it as well. And I love that. It's so sweet. It
1: it makes me tear up (laughs) just thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Right at the end, the subject is reading. And it's... And, like, she tears up about it, and you can hear it in the recording, and it's appropriate, and it's honest, and it's, like, from the deepest, most honest place. Um, You know, it's in... It's in the same way uh of like we got no longer shall we mention Hamilton every podcast. It's in the same way at the end of Great Comet, um where like you know you reach the moment where all the sound drops out and it's it's just Pierre just talking all by himself, and then we reach you know there it like shines the greatest comet in eighteen twelve and it does not have the effect unless you've spent two and a half hours to get here um. That yeah. very last, the subject in reading feels the very same way. And those are the moments I live for in musical theater. Like, yeah, this definitely. moment does not exist without everything that came before it. But everything that came yeah. before it exists just in this moment. Yeah, totally. It's real. Yeah, I love it so much. Love
2: it. Oh, so there you go, everyone. Tommy's favorite. Dun, dun, dun. No one else can beat, can beat that. Yeah, I. Yep. And then
1: the musical can end right there
2: absolutely yeah you walk out after that
1: i stop listening just, after that
2: yeah just oh yeah because you can't see it but yeah
1: you just hit that stop yeah that.
2: i don't because i love the next
1: <laughs> yeah okay maybe it's because nothing will ever like i've listened to golden palace and then i just retire and then you just you're like still, you're I, still, I listen to no, no more games.
3: songs
2: Into it's my jam, yeah. Um, and I think maybe in the same similar way that you like Golden Palace. Uh-huh. Um, so I've said I've said it before that, um, you know, I, I was a fantasy life boy, mm. um, and I really, really painted a lot of the, the world that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with Get Into It, um, where basically it's about, um, how Hunter, when he was sort of late teens, I assume, um, wanted to become a model mm-hmm. um so got his brother to take some like awkward posed shots uh-huh. um and then he took part in like a mall catwalk runway thing uh-huh. where he was obviously the only boy um and it's it's all about kind of okay, you might not be the best at this, mm-hmm. but if you can kind of sell it to yourself and take it inside then that's okay yeah that's what i take from this um and i can i I can totally totally relate to that um because yeah certainly for me there's been many many moments where i know i know that people are going to be looking and it's very much like a ah that's kind of awkward um and you really need to it's it takes a lot of work to hide away from that. It's that kind of like Jinx Monsoon, water off a duck's back mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um you know, I mean you 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 really need to rely on that fantasy life that you've created yeah um in order to get you by. Yeah. Um and so I, that's why I love this song. I really, really dig it. Um and it's also set it's a really nice new wave beat. Um, <laughs> and I'm a massive new wave fan. So <laughs> there you go. I want to see since Blackwell and Heidi Buckingham and, and crimped hair <laughs> sort of. Um, Being
1: like backup dancers oh, for.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I get it. And uh, I love it. So, yeah. It
1: is. I do very much, um, especially the last bit. It's again, it's good build up for a nice you know punchline is the wrong word because it's not funny but outcome Mm -hmm. how it's like hunter has all these fantasies of what life's gonna be like and then compared to the reality of it and then um at the very end it's what is the the guy he's in love with um who's straight i can't remember his name yeah Mm -hmm. um but like you know uh zach maybe um the the thought that like if hunter thinks hard enough that this boy might be gay maybe he actually will be um and that if you if you you know if you think something enough you can turn it into reality maybe um especially around <laughs> lusting after uninterested um you know potential partners i've been there for sure Uh, and it's it's very much encapsulated in like a very real way that I haven't seen in other media yeah definitely like I feel like this is a you know
2: that's a really real thing that I think a lot of people unless you unless you are gay unless you're queer in any way that you can't can't quite appreciate yeah. that. Like it's a it's a door that's literally shut off to you. Because I mean, in in my school, I was one of two gay men, right? Um, and I had no choice but to be attracted to straight men, mm-hmm. um, and that made up a lot of my life, and it formed it formed a really a really difficult lifestyle because you're constantly getting your heart broken, yeah. and you have to learn to live with that, yeah. and that's. That's something I think that people, I don't know. i Certainly, people in my school couldn't really yeah. relate to, yeah. because they, you know, they could look around the room and be like, "Well, technically, I could end up getting with you. Technically, right. you could be my boyfriend yeah. or my girlfriend." Whereas I'd look around the room and just it's stop, you know, stop signs. It's yeah. a, you know, big nose. It's a room full um, of nose. It's, and when you know the majority of your high school is supposed to be, about you you have to get a relationship, you have right. to lose your virginity, you have to do all these things, um, it, you you kind of look around this room and you are like, well, what do I do here? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, and uh, it's um, yeah, it's something I think that has really shaped a lot of who I am mm-hmm. like that experience. Um, and like I say, you create, you create this fancy. Yeah, life Cause that, because that's all you have. You need to, yeah, that is, you need to, otherwise you're a shell. Yeah. A you host. go
1: crazy. I mean that it's, it's 100% exactly my experience too. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like that we were talking about gay portrayal and honest gay portrayal in media. That's what I love so much about things like this. I feel like this concept of the gay man lusting over the straight man in other forms of media, or at least as a stereotype, has either been demonized or joked about as a kind of, like, tragic comedy. Like, either it's like, oh, yeah, oh yes, this, um I don't know, slutty gay kid who wants to screw anything that moves and so, of course, is lusted right. and, you know, wants to get in everyone's pants. Or it's like, oh, how tragic, honey. No, he's straight. Oh, what are you going to do? Ha, 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 ha. And, like... Yeah. Neither of those are my experience, and you're you know using it like that's not that's not that does that feels insulting.
2: Definitely, Um, definitely, because they don't don't understand what it's what it's like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It is it's that it's that idea, and this is you know we're getting way into a place here, but it's fine. Um, Like the uh, you know there's a debate in the gay community about um, gay clubs Mm -hmm. and who they're for right. and who they should be for yeah. and I am actually one of the people who are on the maybe the less popular side of uh, gay clubs are really for gay people yeah. Um, and you know we don't have the the privilege of being able to go into a straight club mm-hmm. um, and like I say look around the room and be like who can I make a connection with here yeah. without them being like eh, I'm sorry mate back off mm-hmm. do you know what I mean Um. And I'm not saying that everyone in a straight club is straight, right? But yeah. the majority yeah. are. Yeah, um, we need a we need a place, we need a community where we can look and feel attractive, yeah. and um, try, you know, what I mean, try and make these connections yeah. without the the fear of oh, crap, am I going to make this mistake right. and I'm going to get punched
1: in the face? Yeah, those, do you know what I mean? Those safe spaces are really important. I do think, having spent a lot of my life now in Boystown in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. I, I've had this discussion about, like, who's invited into gay clubs a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And I do think, I think one of the big problems that never gets brought into the debate is, like, you know, I have some very close lady friends, you know, mm-hmm. friend straight female friends who I want to hang out with, I would yep. like to bring them with me to the gay club. Generally, yep. no one has a problem with that. When the bachelorette party shows up to the gay bar and is going crazy like a bachelorette party does in mm-hmm. this context on, like, a sightseeing tour, that's when it gets offensive. Mm-hmm. Um And so, exactly. you know, but we... We the the problem lies when we generalize that serious transgression to you know in in the case of gay male clubs all ladies yeah um because you know you're already then problematically assuming all sorts of things about this person who you've deemed female um, mm-hmm. from far away which like mm-hmm. that's problematic to the nines um, yeah but in the same way I think a bachelorette party in quote-unquote straight bar or at the movies or the zoo or you know a coffee shop that acts like bachelorette parties sometimes do in gay clubs uh, w- would be frustrating anyway um just in how they treat the people around them um certainly there's an added yeah. layer to it with gay clubs but i very particularly having been a regular at some you know, gay bars in Chicago. That is the specific problem that I think has been generalized into mm-hmm. a larger frustration in the gay community. You know, we don't want to... Yeah, definitely. We, it's... Um, I've talked about this with people in Hell's Kitchen in New York, and I think it's happening with Boys Town in Chicago, too. Um, And I wonder if mm-hmm. it's happening with other gay neighborhoods across the country. In big cities, gay people localize where they're welcome, Um, which are often less, you know, desirable neighborhoods when they move in. Um, Mm -hmm. They gentrify them, which is never great, but happens. Um, But then they gentrify them and mainstream them. And then, you know, progressive straight couples start moving in. And then more progressive straight couples start moving in, and it no longer becomes a gay neighborhood. And so it Mm -hmm. gets, like, straight gentrified um there's mm-hmm. you know anecdotal reports of it happening in Hell's Kitchen i've seen it happening in Boystown um yeah it's an interesting discussion
2: it is and it is definitely a discussion um to be had because it's it's that idea of like you know and you, you hear the argument a lot from from straight people or homophobic people where they're like, look, you're wanting to normalize yourself. Mm -hmm. So why are you trying to, you know, increase the segregation? And it's like, yeah, get that. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. But, um, at the same time, we're not there yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, and it's, we need, we can't just expose ourselves because the second we do that, we get pushed back. Well, and
1: I think that you you want to normalize yourself. That question has the assumption that the opposite of demonization is normalization. Um, right. you know it's like i don't i don't need you to think that i'm the standard i just need you to think that i'm not the devil like exactly you know you, exactly. you don't need to you don't even you don't need to accept me you just need to not murder me we don't have to get along right. you just have to let me live my life um exactly so you know it, the, it is not a dichotomy exactly. it is a gradation but mm-hmm. get into it who knew yeah there you go thanks Hunter Bell <laughs> <laughs> this
3: time will it blind my view or will it light the way to who I am and what I want and what I can find everything behind
2: And then so we've come to the finale. Mm-hmm. I kind of pair these last two together because mm-hmm. it's like Heidi's realization bursts into the the actual finale. Yeah. Um and
1: it's very nice and it's very sweet. Yep. Um But I do I do think it very much encapsula- encapsulates now is the only time, here is the only place, this is all I want yeah. to be. And it is the answer. Yeah. It's like I've found more life. More life is right now.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um and it is just a beautiful little cat. Yeah. On the on the the whole thing. Absolutely.
1: Um, and then it fades out, which, which pisses me off,
2: but I hate a fade I out. I hate it. Do you know I find this story, I heard this story. Uh-huh. Um right, you know at the end of Bugs Malone um with you give a little love and it all comes back mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 and it just fades out in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah. Um so <laughs> there is a group um in Glasgow who did this at their sixtieth concert, sixtieth anniversary concert. Um, and they did a live fade out <laughs> of their own voices. <laughs> Not a case of leaving the stage, just you give a little love and it all comes back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I
2: uh, I can't believe that someone thought that, that was a good I idea. I hate
1: it so much.
2: And so there's End
1: your goal. song. End your song Whatever. Just end it. Yeah. Just put a button. Put a button. Even if it yeah. doesn't have a button, just put a full stop. Yeah. Good grief. And when is it coming? Um, Boom. Like. Right. Dow.
2: Pyrotechnics. Yeah. It's
1: that kind of. You know, yeah.
2: it's coming now. Yeah. It's here. It's this. But
1: instead it fades out.
2: Ah. Okay. Silliness. Yeah. And therefore it's an awful show. We hate <laughs> it. No, I'm joking. Um, it's, it's really, really nice. And it is. It's. um. You know, it makes you it makes me really pine for another another four B. Yeah. Another four B original. Yeah. Um it was five years between title of show and now here it is. Mm-hmm. So we're really we're due
1: one. We're due for one. Okay. Hey. And if you So need... I know Heidi,
2: you've been working on Freaky Friday, but, but
1: less of it. And you know, you if you need story consultants or just people to come like tell you all how wonderful you are, Jim and at gmail.com hey <laughs> that's us and also i just want to hang out with I, know. Them. Lang, lang. I know i know i know i just want to be her yeah i want to be all of them together
2: hey speaking speaking of susan blackwell uh-huh. susan blackwell's a fantastic interviewer yes um, she is her show is episode by susan blackwell susan blackwell um guess who guess who else are fantastic interviewers us us
1: a little <laughs> uh, we did not get to lick anyone which is probably for the we best. We didn't,
2: but I think so. I think so. <laughs> hey, so what we're getting at here, um, in the run up to the release of the Great Comic Cast recording, um, surprise, we got to interview the entire, well, pretty much the entire cast of Mister Pierre and the Great Comic eighteen twelve, and um, they will be being released uh, in dribs and drabs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the run up, in the to, run the up release, to the release. Which I think is like in a month or so. Yeah. So get excited. Yeah. Um the first one's out on broadway.com We'll link it in the show notes. Um and we are interviewing Miss Denae Benton. Who's just um, just lovely. Sasha. She was um, fantastic. She's just a, a wonderful little woman. So sweet. Um and uh, yeah, you can hear some of the chat. We kind of get into her as a character and where she kind of draws. And
1: generally, just watch inspirations us. Inspirations from and you watch us nod and smile and be gobsmacked that we're there.
2: Uh- <laughs> Genuinely, yeah, that was day one, and we were still questioning life. It
1: was one of the most fantastic it, experiences I've ever yeah, had. That
2: is that is pure pure type one fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right
1: every the, the whole, <laughs> every every night, Jimmy and I would walk back to the hotel like talking about like is this real are we gonna like wake up in a second what's going on here how are we here i feel like i feel like we could write an existentialist musical about those walks back yeah do you know the the craziest thing to me jimmy is the number of times we've listened to and talked about the great comet and now seen it and like over and over again and i'm still so excited to listen to this gosh darn cast recording i know exactly i know i'm
2: like gunning yeah
1: like, it, I'm ready but... to, like, sit down for two hours with, like, a bottle of wine and just let it happen. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds like a great night. Right? I'm going to make games. Doesn't it? And then we can play Taboo. <gasps> um... Yeah. We
2: never know oh, what tomorrow brings so on this tiny
3: spinning sphere. But every moment's an opportunity, so don't let them disappear. And you never know whether you win or lose, but there comes some. moment. You can sit on the sidelines, and you can play it cool. Or you can run faster than hell when you hear them yell, everyone in the pool. And as we're taking off for the dive, this is the moment we are alive. We open up our eyes, and we are alive. It's
1: So that, was now, that was now hear this. That was now hear this. That was now
2: hear this. There's something wrong there. That was a, a weird. <laughs> like that was now
1: Yeah, that's here. true. Do you know what I mean? That what this is anyway. now we are now hear this. You are now hear this. I we am We are the, all We are all together.
2: Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a quiz question for you. We are do. you ready for it? I'm
1: so excited.
2: What musical features Socrates Jean-Paul Sartre? And L. Ron Hubbard in its cast. What could it be? What could it be? What could it
1: be? <laughs> Who knows? If you want to get in contact with us, I am Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on the YouTubes. And on the YouTubes, I am Asin Hendrick. And
2: hey, Hendrick? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As Hendrick. Good old Jimmy Hendrick. Um, and on Twitter, I'm the exact same. Or you can pop on to our show Twitter um, at JimAntomic. Say hi.
1: And say hi. Or our, the website, jimintomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion uh, where you can talk about this show and our podcast. We hit a
2: world record for Miss Saigon.
1: Yeah. We did?
2: Yeah. We we got, I think we're at 56.
3: Wow. I lost my
2: check. Good. I... Wow. And it was actually an amazing discussion yeah. over there. So if you listen to the Miss Saigon podcast and you're like, I have something to say, come and say it. Come and say it. Come and say, it, say it. please. And have some read because there's both sides of the coin are being really. Yeah talked about so thank you everyone who contributed 100 to that um hey tell your friends all
1: about us peeps that'd be nice mm-hmm. you want to hear listen to this new musical theater podcast you should listen to jim and tomic just search jim and tomic musical theater happy hour and wherever wherever you listen to podcasts you should do it that's what you say to the Absolutely. people Subliminally, that's not just like yeah, music because it. it. like it. it'd be weird if i was saying that to you because like clearly you listen to our podcast because you're listening and you made it to me but what you get it you got it great exactly that's your script and we shall see you next wednesday
3: I got snored for a second. Sorry,
1: that was wasn't that adorable. My allergies are kicking up a little bit. Um, Totally, I think this.